In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The encounter between Jesus <clears throat> excuse me, and the woman of Canaan in the Gospel provides us with a lesson about perseverance in prayer. She continued to ask for mercy for her severely demon-possessed daughter, despite being discouraged. Jesus eventually answered the prayer and told the woman that she had great faith, a description made about only one other person in the New Testament, the Gentile centurion in Matthew chapter 8. Now, this woman didn't really persevere in prayer for all that long. If we make generous allowance for things not mentioned in the text, the whole event may have lasted 30 minutes. If we think we have persevered in prayer because we've carried on despite difficulties for a whole 30 minutes or even for a week or a month, we will miss the point. The woman in the gospel provides a, a microcosm or a small scale pattern of perseverance. The pattern of her 30 minutes will be extended out in our lives over sometimes years and decades. We bring urgency to our prayers. We want or need something, and we feel anxiety and sometimes even a certain pressure to get it. We often connect our sense of well-being or happiness with the reception of the thing we want. And like the woman prayers for children carry a particular emotional urgency. But God does not feel the same urgency. He is working in our lives and in the lives of those we pray for to prepare us for his eternal kingdom. Thus, we may continue praying for something we want for a year or two and may get discouraged at the lack of response. However, in the overall scheme of God's plan, a year or two is really not that much time. As Second Peter says, quote, Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. God is long-suffering towards us because our prayer is not just about us trying to convince God to give us something and then working him over until he does. Prayer changes us. As we grow in our prayer, our desires mature and change we may realize that we don't really want the thing we thought we wanted or don't want it maybe in the same way we thought we did. Or we see more clearly that God is doing something different and realize that his plan is better. Sometimes we are being formed through our prayer into the kind of people who will be able to receive the things we ask for. We are like children who 
want things but aren't ready for them yet. For example, someone might pray, God, make me an engineer. This answer will require years of training and some work on the part of the person asking. And this provides an analogy for prayer. <clears throat> we may pray for God to give us something, perhaps a certain virtue, perhaps patience. The answer to this prayer will not be an immediate infusion of tolerance for annoying people and situations. It will be a series of challenges over a series of years, most likely, which allow us to face our lack of charity and grace towards others head on and develop patience by actual practice. I remember long ago being in a restaurant with a group of priests and the service was horrible. After about 15 minutes of waiting with no attention given to us, <clears throat> one of those presents said, who prayed for patience? Or someone might pray for a relationship. We may think that this prayer is about God sending to us some other person. But it may be equally about the work that God is doing in us to make us the kind of person who is ready for the kind of relationship that will be truly good for us. My experience in 34 years here at St. Matthew's provides some reflections. From the beginning of my time here, I prayed for things in ministry that were obviously God-honoring, but my most significant prayers were answered in about a 15 to 20 year time horizon. I now realize that in my early years of ministry, we were not ready to carry out the kind of ministry I prayed for. God first had to develop us as a church. And I still remember that nine months into my ministry, I was discouraged and convinced that things really weren't going to work out. Fortunately, a wise mentor encouraged me to count in years and not months. Let us return to the gospel. As the woman asked Jesus for help, she encountered first silence from God, second, opposition from his followers, third, discouragement from God or the Son of God. But she continued her prayer, Lord, help me. The turning point came when Jesus said the Gentile dogs like her were not entitled to anything from the God of Israel. And she agreed, but said, even unworthy and unentitled dogs get scraps from the table. This got Jesus' attention. In the parallel account of this story in St. Mark's Gospel, Jesus said, quote, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. This dialogue can be viewed as Jesus being unkind, or it can be viewed, as some commentators suggest, 
is a bit of lively and even witty banter between the two. Jesus' caricature of Jewish orthodoxy regarding the Gentiles provides the opportunity for the woman to articulate the true meaning of faith in response. Only those who know they don't deserve it can really approach God in faith. As we say in our own prayer that is based on the words of this woman as we approach the altar, we are not worthy so much as to gather up even the crumbs under thy table. In this way, Jesus can be understood as purposely cultivating a relationship with this woman and drawing out her faith. Jesus will develop this same faith and dependence in us over time through our prayer. The discouraging words from the disciples are less explainable. They say, send her away, she's bothering us. And this is a lesson for us as fellow disciples who often interact with people who come in prayer to Jesus. We must be very careful not to discourage people in their prayer because we deem their state of life or obvious sins to render them unacceptable. Remember, Jesus said that this unacceptable woman had great faith. She did not, he did not say that about any of his disciples. This teaches us that socially unacceptable people may have greater faith than we do. It is always a temptation to confuse socially acceptable appearance with anything that God really cares about. As James writes, quote, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? When we pray about significant things, we can expect to encounter the same kind of obstacles that this woman encountered and be drawn over time into that same posture of complete surrender. These obstacles test our faith, reshape our prayer, and change us. As we pray, we can consider a few questions. Do I really want what I am praying for with all of its implications and responsibilities? What about me needs to change to make me ready to receive what I'm asking for? Am I ready to pray for this and let God refine me and my prayer until I get an answer? Am I willing to count in years and not just days, weeks, and months? Do I have great faith like this woman? The good news is that God intends to answer our prayers in the sense that God intends to fulfill the deepest desires that he himself has placed within us. As Psalm 37 says, quote, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. 
Commit your way to the Lord, and he will bring it to pass. Mature faith understands that it is not so simple as God just giving us everything we ask for any more than responsible parents give their young children everything they want. There is in both cases a process of formation and a dialogue. And Jesus used this very analogy to encourage us in our prayer. He said in Matthew chapter 7, quote, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.